Welcome to the RMMTV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We are into the supernatural. We believe that the supernatural is the way that you're to walk, the way you're to live. I'm Dr. Marina McLean, and I know that this is a time to walk naturally in the supernatural, grasping all the facets and infrastructure that keeps your mind tuned to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Come and find out how to walk in the supernatural by becoming a subscriber to RMMTV now. Hello everybody, welcome to the Infinity Center. I'm so glad that you've joined me tonight because I know you've come on to hear the Word of God because the Word of God changes us. And so tonight, I want to I get straight away into it. Are you ready to just come straight into the Word with me tonight? Yeah, I thought you were. Let's get to it. Go with me to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 1 to 8. And it's from the King James Version of the Bible. And it starts off by saying this. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, I want you right now to say suddenly. Say it again. Suddenly. One more time. Suddenly. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What a response. Mm. And the Lord, huh, and the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journey with thee stood speechless, hearing a voice and seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Let me give you the background of Paul. Paul was a zealot. He was extremely knowledgeable, one of the most brilliant minds of our time. He was an up-and-coming, like we'd say like an up-and-coming politician. He would have been like, a, and I don't mean to be funny, he would have been like a, um, in popularity, he would have been like a Kennedy. He would have been like an Obama in popularity. He had that much um, charisma and clout. 
he wasn't just a man with knowledge, but he had, he had charisma. He could sway people with words. He, he, he knew the book. He knew the law. He knew the, he knew the law. He knew the prophets. He knew all of their writings. And this young man was amongst the Sanhedrin. Very, very well schooled. A brilliant mind. Probably a photographic memory. Well, he had to have done to be able to know all the law. A brilliant mind. But listen to this. He knew the law on paper. But he never knew the law as a person. Mm. Listen to this. This is what I have proven. Change begins with an encounter with God. Hmm. Encounters are not planned or staged. In other words, you can't make an encounter happen. That's why I love when the scripture says with Paul, it was suddenly. He was going somewhere and suddenly. You might be going somewhere and something out of the blue, unexpected, occurs. How do you accommodate, how do you accommodate the unexpected? What do you do when God interrupts your program and changes your life? This encounter was so powerful that all Paul said was, what will you have me to do? He could have said anything, but those words came from a man that had to have been broken. Mm. A true encounter is, un is, sorry, a true encounter is an unexpected experience in that it is outside of the norm and it is beyond our intelligence and our ability to control it. Also, an encounter is an awakening. Sometimes, let me give you an example. And you know what an encounter does at times? An encounter awakens you to purpose. Sometimes encounters awaken you to a season. And can I tell you something? And this is strong, but it's going to speak to some of you right now. And sometimes encounters awaken you to people. All of a sudden you, be, all of a sudden you begin to see and know what you, what you couldn't see before. And then all of a sudden you don't need to ask a question because all of a sudden you're in the realization of it. Encounters are different. No encounters are the same. But all encounters change your life and they bring you to a place of decision and commitment. Paul said, what will you have me to do? Mm. Mm. Let me move on. Mm. Encounters are an awakening to a, to a realization of who God is and what God wants of your life. That's what we see with Paul. 
The first truth that we must understand is this. We cannot change ourselves. That's the first thing that we have got to understand. We cannot change ourselves. If we could change ourselves, we could save ourselves. Only the person who made you and created you can change you. That's why you've got to have an encounter with him. Until you have an encounter with him, listen to this. All changes in the flesh done by man's own effort without God are reversible. Because they're done in the flesh. And you have no ability to sustain change and to sustain your life at that change or at that pace. It takes a supernatural intervention to change the course of a person's life. Huh. Change an encounter when Moses had his first, and this is, this is interesting, when Moses had his first encounter with God. Mm. Wow. Don't you find it strange that Moses was given his assignment? He was released and commissioned into his purpose with that first encounter. Now, that's why some encounters are different. Nobody's encounter is the same. Paul and Moses are similar in that their encounters, their first encounters, reveal God's purpose in them and their ministry and work to them. God can give you an encounter where he gives you a business. I've seen that happen. Where somebody can have an encounter with God. Hear me, you can have an encounter with God by a vision, by a dream, by an angelic visitation, by the audible voice of God. Situations can speak in a way, but they only make sense to you and nobody else. God speaks in a way, give me something. The audible voice is interesting. It's profound. I've heard the audible voice of God several times. And let me tell you something, how profound it is. God can speak in a way where if this whole room is full and he speaks in an audible voice, you're the only one that hears it. You say, why? He's not talking to anybody else but you. It's like, it's, have you ever been around people when, have you ever been touched and you say, well, you know, um, wow, there's nobody here who touched me. And, you're, and you ask somebody who walked by you, oh, did you touch me? And they say, no, I didn't touch you. And then you realize that touch was for you. That encounter was for you. It's God's way of singling you out of a crowd and separating you for his plan, his purpose, and his ways. The first truth that you have to accept 
is that we cannot change ourselves. If we could, then we, could, we, are, then we are saying we can save ourselves. Hear it again. All changes, all changes in the flesh done by man's own effort that are without God are all reversible. It takes a supernatural intervention to change the course of your life. My goodness gracious me. Talk about the course of your life. How do you go, my goodness, how do you go from being a shepherd to being a king? That was the case with David. How do you go from being a hater of Christ and the gospel and the church to now become a preacher of it? That's Paul. How do you explain the whole course of your life changes? When you're awakened to God, everything else becomes meaningless. It no longer, nothing drives you, nothing moves you anymore. It's like you're, you've been pulled out of that space now. You can't even think in that realm anymore because you're no longer there. Ronald Reagan, my Lord, how do you go from, well... How'd you go from president? How'd you go from actor to president? How? It takes an encounter. Mm. I want you to notice, Paul was on the road to Damascus. You know what Damascus represents? And bearing in mind, Everybody's Damascus is not the same. Listen to this. Damascus, write this down. Damascus represents visitation. It represents enlightenment. It represents destiny. It represents transformation. It represents confrontation, and it represents conflict. I'm going to say those words to you again. Damascus represents visitation, enlightenment, destiny, transformation, confrontation, and conflict. Psychologists tell us that by the time a child is seven, your thinking pattern is framed for the rest of your life by the time you were seven. I want you to imagine this. Paul was a young man, schooled, molded, Set, established, fixed in the eyes of the law. He had many mindsets to work through. So in this one encounter, when he, he this encounter was so powerful 
that all those mindsets broke in a moment. And he said, what will you have me to do? What will you have me to do? Everybody, everybody has experienced Damascus. Everybody, everybody, everybody. If Paul were here right now, the first thing he would tell you about is his encounter. He'll tell you about Damascus. He'll tell you about his visitation. And that's why when he stood before Agrippa, he said, and I wasn't disobedient regarding the heavenly calling. When you've, have an, when you've had an encounter, you know it. People can see it. People can feel it. You speak with the weight of the experience, not the theory of it. You've lived it. You've experienced it. That's why you qualify to teach it. The problem that we have today in churches, we've got people who's preaching the Bible from theory, but they've never had an, ex- an encounter and they've never had an experience. So it doesn't tra- See, encounter, encounters and experience translates to power. And when you've had neither of the two, you can't fake it. You can put all the props and all the drama and all the illustration, but what's really missing is the fact that you've never had an encounter with God. In fact, let me tell you something. When you've had, oh, this is strong. When you've had an encounter with God, a real encounter with God, listen to me good, the fake offends you. The counterfeit offends you because you know the real thing. Hear it again. Damascus. And everybody's at the place of Damascus. It's a place of what? Visitation. Enlightenment. Destiny. Transformation. Confrontation. Hmm. Conflict. How do I? What do I do with what I? What do I do? with what I was taught when what is standing before me is bigger than what I was taught. It doesn't make sense to what I was taught to believe. Just a few hours before this, this was the man who was willing to kill every disciple. This man was around when Stephen got stoned. This man, Paul, something drastically happened. Change doesn't begin till you have an encounter. Hmm. Let me tell you why. Do you know what the cross of Jesus is? The cross of Jesus is really your Damascus. You say why? We emphasize Damascus Paul emphasized Jesus. I'm emphasizing to you the cross. 
Why the cross? Listen to this. For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.